Welcome to episode 44. Today we have an amazing businesswoman on with us, Johanna McDaniel. In the past six years, she has moved to Washington, suffered major depression after her second child, moved back to Texas. Now, after this move, you guys, she lost 40 pounds, got into real estate, and has since doubled her family yearly income and will at least triple it this year. Tune in today and listen in on the details on how exactly Johanna unleashed her inner legend. This is Unleash Your Inner Legend, a podcast featuring modern day legends sharing their life choices, habits, and routines that got them to where they are today. Get ready to be inspired and to take massive action to unleash your inner legend. Today, we're going to be chatting with an outstanding lady, both personally and professionally, you guys. I am super excited and looking forward to talking to her about her ups, her downs, and really how she's kind of experienced life as a mom and as a professional and then overcoming her obstacles. So on the show with us today, Johanna McDaniel. How are you, girl? Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. I'm great. Awesome. I'm getting over a little cold right now, and so my voice is a little gravelly, but I'm sure it'll be okay. Yes, I'm. Hopefully, you're feeling up to our little chat today, and I yeah. appreciate you joining us. I am. So your life has changed exponentially in the last six years. Let's kind of talk about that journey of yours because I know you in the real estate space and I kind of know you from where you are today, but let's just kind of like backtrack and share with the listeners and kind of really get to know you and talk about like how overcoming those obstacles really led you up to the person you are today. So you went from, yeah, you went from expanding your family, moving, battling depression. You had, you know, you talked about you had some weight gain. This is all stuff that I had some intel before you guys are listening in. So I'm excited to share all this. So, and then, you know, fast forward today, you're looking at tripling your household income this year. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Six years ago, where were you? Where'd you live? How was life going for you? Six years ago, we were living here in Denton, Texas, and um, we were packing up our house and getting ready to move to Seattle. Um, I had just had our first daughter, who's now seven, and um, I had just retired from my job at UNT, the University of North Texas. And I was ready to be a stay-at-home mom, homeschool mom, and do that full-time indefinitely. The plan was to be a full-time homeschooling mom while the kids were in school up until high school. And so um, that was the plan. When we moved to Seattle, we um, took a job as assistant. My husband was the assistant pastor of a small little Baptist church up there. And I was also pregnant with our second child. And so that was our move up there. I love it. All right. Yeah. So you guys, you know, you're, you're brand new family as far as having, you know, your daughter, you're pregnant with your other one, your, you know, your next child and now you're moving. So like that, that in itself is just a lot, you know, new, new city, new state, new people, new jobs, life changes. So let's talk about like once you guys got up to Seattle. Yeah. I mean, we've always been very adventurous. We've always wanted to explore new areas and travel and meet new people. And that is exciting to us. We love it so much. And um, we get up there and we're pastors at the church and that's a 24 seven job. And um, we, we get up there in July. So we do get to experience like the most beautiful month of the year, (laughs) August in, in Seattle. And then I had my second daughter in December And we end up doing the whole 10 months of gray 
and I had postpartum depression and it turned into actual seasonal depression and physical, like real legit depression. You know, postpartum is legit depression, but it can go away a lot easier than regular stuff and um, some other things. And it just, uh, that was not something I had ever experienced before. And so that was kind of an eye opener. We ended up staying there for two full years, but the first six months were like being on a honeymoon. And then after that, it just went downhill consistently for the following year and a half. And um, my husband ultimately decided to move us back to Texas so that I could be around friends and family and some consistent sunlight, which would really help. And it did. It was almost like um, about a month after moving back here to Texas, um, we started seeing my health improve dramatically. And that was just a huge blessing that he had the uh, willpower and, um, a, a, you know, the willingness to sacrifice that dream of living up in Seattle to come back for my health. I just I really am so thankful for that. But um, during that time, I, um, after having my second child, I ended up, my body changed and I started having thyroid issues and food allergies. I started gaining a ton of weight and, um, just lots of stuff was going on with that. And so, um, we're still homeschooling during this time, moving on to, um, my husband getting laid off from multiple jobs after about six months, six to eight months after each other. And so that was really hard to have to reset our um, financial stability in our timeline for like when we want to go buy a house again, when we move back. And um, that kept putting us in the same cycle over and over and over again. So the last uh, five years, we have been in this like recursive cycle of debt and almost on the line of poverty. And uh, that was something that when we lived in Seattle, we made, we worked for a church full time and we lived in a parsonage home. So we didn't have a ton of bills, but the bills we did have, we were only getting paid $50 a week from the church. And so um, we lived on food stamps and Medicare and government assistance across the board. And that was really, and that was difficult being from Texas. It's not really super common here, but it's almost like, I feel like it's like 90% or more people up there live on that because the cost of living is so high. Um, but when we got down here, we were really bound and determined to not go back into that system. And so we ended up moving in with my parents because we couldn't afford rent anymore. Rent kept going up. You know, the market has gone up dramatically. And then it has also been a battle of avoid poverty. Um, try to make myself physically healthy, figuring out the food allergies, figuring out the thyroid, hypothyroidism, um, dealing with all of that, losing weight and learning to overcome um, personal adversity and not just, you know, the outside external adversity sources, but just my own mindset and learning how to overcome me telling myself, well, I'm just not that person. I can't do that. That's for other people. And so, um, that has been a huge change for me in particular because I really am one to like kind of get st stuck in a rut. And um, now my daily mindset is a, am I, am I in a mindset rut? Am I in a negative mindset rut? How do I get out of it? Or what can I, what are, what kind of habits am I doing today that are going to keep me from slipping into that? And so I'm putting systems in place for myself. Hi, um, I love that. Yeah. And it's been a bit like having to learn how to do that has been, um, a big journey. 
And so because of that, um, my husband's seen the change in me and my health. Um, I lost nearly 50 pounds. I, um, I read, you know, basically like self-help books all the time and like business books and that kind of thing, always trying to like get the next new nugget of wisdom and um, changing there. My faith in God is stronger. Um, my relationship with my daughters is stronger. I know how to make friends, like no problem. Like I can go into a room of strangers and then walk away with people that I, um, feel like I could be lifelong friends with. Whereas before it was just like, um, paralyzing, even Mm -hmm. thinking about talking to strangers, super shy, super, um, I just don't even know. Like I look back at myself on back then and I, um, I almost laugh. I'm just like, man, I just, I had so much potential and I wasn't doing anything with it. Well, I so, think we don't, we don't know what we don't know, right? We like don't. Looking back, of course, it's always easy for us to like, what was I doing? <laughs> like, well, and it's on. hard to become self-aware. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it's like a muscle. You, it's going, it's like going to the gym, you know, you, you go to the gym once, obviously you're not going to have a six pack. However, right. if you keep doing it every day and consistently, it starts getting there. And same thing with, you know, self-awareness, self-improvement, because I'm right there with you, you know, growing up in a small town, we, you know, the, I didn't, I, those, you guys are gonna laugh at this, but I didn't even know personal development was a thing. Right. Like, our books were like history books or like Harry Potter. <laughs> There's no like bettering yourself books. So I'm right there with you. So let's kind of talk about like, you know, the whole like self-awareness and depression because like this is one of my favorite topics just because I've lived it personally as well. And mm-hmm. I just don't feel like, I mean, I feel like today, now in today's um, society, it is starting to become, you know, awareness and things like that. But there's still kind of a stigma attached to it because people, you know, they kind of think well, you're crazy. There's nothing wrong. And especially people who have never experienced depression before, they can't wrap their mind around it. Whereas I feel like I've always had it. So I'm like, how do you not, like, you know, what is your life like? So before your postpartum depression, had you ever experienced any episode like that previously? Never, never once. I had friends that had, and I had watched them go through it and I had zero empathy for them because I was like, just get over it because I'd never experienced it. I knew it was a legitimate medical condition, but I had no um, connection to it at all because nobody in like my immediate family had dealt with it. And um, I hadn't had a, to like physically help anybody through that. And so I'm just, (laughs) I'm also, I'm not a, I I don't, my natural inclination is not to be empathetic. And so um, I have to work really hard on that. So I actually, before we moved to Seattle, um, I had talked to them specifically because I was like, look, if we're going to be pastors at a church, I need to know how to talk to these people and I need to know how to deal. I need to know how to be able to empathize with you specifically so that whenever they come into our congregation, I can empathize with them and help them. And um, they were very um, gracious with me and willing to answer all of my just like stupid belligerent questions and um, answered a lot of questions about that. So I was able to at least be like on the outside looking in before I went into it fully. And so um, when I realized like maybe this is depression, I called them up and I was like, is this what this is? And they were like, yeah, that's, sounds like you're depressed. That's what it is. And so then we were able to go from there. And I think that's key too, is like catching it because what's going to happen is like you said, you know, it's postpartum. And like you said, it is um, typically people bounce back from that than, you know, regular depression or, you know, chronic depression, things like that. So, you know, obviously you go down that slippery slope of, you know, you're experiencing depression for the first time 
And then from there, it just extends even more because, I mean, obviously there's so many different elements that could contribute to that. But like once you almost get into that rut, because I've been there, you know, it's almost like dark days, if you will. Like you just don't yeah. see things getting better. What kind of advice would you say to whether it's a new mom experiencing this or if it's even just some guy, you know, that's just stuck in a rut with depression? What would you say was the first step that you'd recommend someone kind of taking that leap to, you know, knowing that things do get better and then knowing that it's just a phase that you're going through and, you know, how do you get out of that? Well, I mean, knowing what I know now about like positive affirmations and um, just hearing yourself say positive things about yourself, even if they're not currently true, you can you can speak truth into your life, you know, in a lot of ways. Now, a lot of that might be just be like, um, well, that just seems like hooey. No, like if you have a legit chemical imbalance, you definitely need to go seek a doctor to find out if you do or not. Um, but for most people, a lot of it is just you have to be willing to be super uncomfortable for a while to get outside of yourself, to move past yourself so that you can see what's beyond yourself. You know, you have to be able to see what the potential is. What is the future hold? What could happen? You know, of course, all these negative things could happen. Of course, you can commit suicide. Of course, you can leave your family. Of course, you can do all these horrible things. But you can also do a whole bunch of really awesome things, too, on the flip side. And if you focus on the awesome things, if you focus on the good things, the, um, the likelihood of you going in that direction is significantly higher. And so for me personally, I just felt like a trapped animal. I was like, I have to get out. I know my girls will be okay if I leave them here in Seattle with my husband. And so I just need to figure out how can I make money right now to buy myself a plane ticket and get back home? Because I feel like just my location here is what's killing me. And a lot of it was true, <laughs> but I can't leave my kids. You know, I was just like, I don't care if I'm homeless. I just got to get out of Washington. This place is a, a, like a huge disaster for me. And um, so. But the biggest thing, the very first step that I noticed things started to turn around for me to be self-aware was just talking and verbalizing it all out with everybody I could find that would be willing to listen to me. That's Sharing so in the pain. Yeah. Letting somebody ask me questions and letting me um, find the answers through that. Yeah. I love that. That's some great advice. And I know it's like, it's just taking that one step and then just knowing because here's the deal, like the time's going to pass anyways. So unless if you are not changing anything about your environment, about your mental health, like it, it's not going to change for you. Usually, you know what I mean? Like we're in charge of, of our own happiness. And if we're not happy, it's determining, like you said, obviously if you know if people out there have a legit chemical imbalance, definitely seek professional help. But if it's coming from like, Things. And I think, you know, just speaking from my personal past experiences, it's like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder I was depressed. I was almost self-sabotaging myself. I was making decisions. I was not changing anything. I was, you know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute. I have the power to change. Garbage, garbage yeah. is going to come out, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, and if you hang yeah. around with, the, you know, yeah. not very positive That's, people, like how do you, how do you think you're going to feel if you hang out with people that always gossip all the time, if you hang out with people who are always going out all the time and then not doing anything with their life? 
because right. there's, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I think it's definitely self-awareness. So that's some great tips. So, you know, one thing that really sticks out with me, and it was even before I really got to know you and more of your story is I've always seen such, like if, if someone was to ask me about you, I would say that you are just so community focused and so authentic. So let's kind of talk about like community. And then like, of course, you know, it comes back with real estate too. So like one thing that really sticks out with me in your story is like your passion for your community, especially because if you think about it, like you guys were pastors and pastors is like $50 a week, obviously is, you know, you know what I mean? Like you were so... Um, you're so willing to give back to the community and help better the community that you guys, you know, took that job on with little to no income, having to swallow your pride up and then, you know, get into food stamps, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, like you said, a lot of people are either too proudful or it just doesn't, it's it's shamed upon, which is a little silly to me, but you know what I mean? So let's kind of talk about your passion for your community. Like when did that really start? And then how did you get involved so much within the community? So when we graduated college, we joined a, a, a small community church here in North Texas. And one of the things that they had were little community groups, little um, family groups. And we would meet at somebody's house for dinner. And it was like a potluck. And it wasn't um, very churchy. It was just a get to know one another and live life together as members of your community. So they had these community groups. And it was just a wonderful very awkward experience for me in the beginning, just because I had never been in a church like that. I've always gone to very, very, very large churches my whole life. And this was a small church. You couldn't escape. Everybody knew your business. You knew their business. And we held each other up and we were accountable. And I felt like I grew grew more into being an adult and a wife and now a mom because of that, instead of just being able to like go to church and check in and check out and punch my like, hey, I went to church and I'm a good person time card. So um, not to say you can't get that in big churches is we just didn't know because we had never experienced that. We had never been plugged in to a very strong community of like-minded people, for instance. If you don't go to church, it's just very important to be around your village. You know, the people that are going to help you raise your kids, help you get through the hard times. Um, When we had our first daughter, it was like a never-ending revolving door of food and hand-me-downs and visitors and people to hold her while I took a shower or whatever. And it was awesome. So now we know how integral that is because we didn't have that in Seattle. And so we had the, we had it before we went away from it and we didn't have it, which was another factor of my depression and um, came back to it. And so now that's kind of like our personal mission is to just build that wherever we are. So my husband and I are very big into bringing young adults into our lives and to kind of be like an adult parent for them. This is how you get your first job. This is how you write resumes. This is how you fix your car. This is how you um, most efficiently can clean your house or cook dinners on a really tight budget. You know, like we've been through all of that and we're always just trying to help. Same thing with first time home buyers for me with real estate or, um, moms or single moms trying to make money, bringing them into real estate, you know, all those kinds of things. You've probably seen that. That's what I'm really, I just, I love, it's my passion. I love doing that. I love helping those people. 
Yeah. I mean, we're in a lot of the same groups. And um, so, and I think just as being like Facebook friends and then the algorithm, all that stuff. So I see your name quite a lot over my timeline. And literally every time I see it, it's like selfless, like, and it's not sales. It's not like, Oh, come, you know, I'm recruiting you to my team, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's really genuine. And you could just feel that. I don't know. Like you definitely um, are congruent when it comes to being offline and online, offline and online with your personal branding and what you stand for and all that good stuff because you're, you're just killing it in that, that realm. So let's talk about real estate. So how did you get into real estate? Obviously you guys were in this part of life of was like, okay, something's got to change, but like what brought you to real estate? Yeah, we, um, we were in that just recursive cycle of never being able to gain any savings or get past this next thing. So we moved in with my parents they bought a home up here in um, the Denton County area, and it's this really large ranch-style home. There's plenty of space for us to move in with them, just so that we could get our feet under us and um, survive the like crazy market for the last three years. And um, I was still a stay-at-home mom. We were still homeschooling during this time, and my mom kept saying, "You know." The reason why people are so successful is because they've got both people working. And I would get super angry at that. I would get so frustrated and so um, hurt that she would, you know, just basically, it it felt like she was insinuating that me being a homeschooling stay-at-home mom was worthless and was detrimental to my family. It wasn't. However, that's how I was taking it. And that's not how she meant it either. She was just saying, hey, if you want to make more money, get a job, make more money. Just go make more money. And I couldn't see an option for me because childcare is super expensive and I didn't have any certifications. I had a degree, but it's an art degree. So it's like, I can get to an interview, but then I'll never get hired. You know, just all these like really frustrating things. So if I'm spending time finding a babysitter, I'm spending time finding a babysitter to go to this uh, fruitless interview, et cetera. Um, a friend of mine got her real estate license And she has two young daughters like I do. And I was like, oh, well, maybe that's something I could do. I love Zillow. I love Realtor.com. I love looking at all these houses and kind of snooping on the market and seeing what I can see. And I love looking through people's houses down the street, you know, during open houses and that kind of thing. And almost, almost to an obsessive point. My husband was always like, stop looking at these houses. You're getting your hopes up. And I was like, I just like watching the market. And it was true. But I don't think normal people like watching the market, you know? Um, I mean, maybe they do, but I was like obsessive about it. Yeah, I don't uh, think that's normal. <laughs> no, it's not. So Abby had just gotten her license, my friend, and I had talked to Joel. I looked over at him at the on the couch one evening and I was like, I think I want to get my real estate license. Abby just got hers. And if Abby can do it, I could definitely do it. So I scheduled a, um, a coffee date with her. And I asked her a bunch of questions and then I went back to Joel that next evening and we figured out how much things would kind of cost and um, how we're going to start searching into it. And he's been all for it. I got my license. It took me a long time because I was having to learn how to study again. It had been nearly 10 years since I had been in school. So I didn't even know how to like read for a test regurgitation or anything like that. So uh, that took me about six months to get my real estate license. And then I felt like I hit the ground running. I was working 24-7, spinning my tires, just not getting any traction, but working my butt off, just sleeplessly working nonstop. I had clients. I had so many clients. 
and they all left me and I just I had a lot of hard lessons to learn on sales and uh, educating clients and learning all of that and it was really heartbreaking but because I was so just almost like stupidly bound and determined to win <laughs> I I'm I'm now seeing success in real estate and it's just it's so refreshing now and I can kind of chill out a little bit it's good but that first six months was really hard I think that the big uh, the big factor there was also whenever I switched over to exp it it changed things for me that's awesome I mean what an incredible story from you going to like not being able to land a job to you just said you know what forget it I'm gonna take things into my own hands and I'm just gonna yeah. create my own business and I don't think I have a lot to be of people, in charge yes I don't think a lot of people like understand especially in like this modern day age it's like there's so much opportunity. I mean, obviously real estate is something I could relate to because same situation as you I was making like $6 and 55 cents an hour working at a bank. I'm like handling, you know, tens of thousands of dollars being able to, you know, uh, balance funds and things like that. And you're paying me $6 and 55 cents an hour. Like that's oh, and I, like, I don't want other people's money. I want my money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you're in control of it, right? And you, yes. you are able to to adjust your calendar. And then obviously with that too, it's, you know, famine or feast. So you've got to, you've got to know that balance, but it's definitely out there. So now that you're, you know, accelerating in real estate, you're rocking it. Now I know you're starting to build like your team. So let's kind of talk about like team building and like leadership. Cause it's just so fascinating to me as like you as an individual being so giving, always adding value. And then now the exciting part of you, now you're opening that to building up a team for people who are, uh, you know, like-minded like you and looking for something else. So let's kind of talk about that. So I like, um, I have a very, I'm a very, in a disc profile, I'm a very high D, but I'm also a very high I. And so I'm very outgoing, but I have to be in control, you know? And um, I feel like I can do bigger business if I have more hands at the wheel. And I can't do as much business as I want to do right now without bringing more people onto my team. And so um, my husband is also getting his license right now. We're waiting on Trek to finally approve his test. Uh, you know how that goes. Um, mm -hmm. it's like the never ending wait, but um, we're getting close there. And then I have a, an agent down in Houston right now. And then I've got two more coming on with me here in the Metroplex in the next six months that are working on their stuff right now. And it's, that is super exciting to me because I'm not trying to do a mass expansion right now. I know I could, um, but I would feel more comfortable growing a family, if that makes sense. Kind of just based on what we're talking about with the building community and that kind of thing. I want to be able to um, influence and I attack the problems that I'm seeing head on personally, instead of um, just getting a ton of people. I want to grow like a really good solid group. And um, people that I could feel okay with watching my kids or um, calling aunt and uncle to my children or, you know, that kind of thing. I want to grow a family in real estate rather than a big mega team. And so my expansion and my, um, my reach there is not going to be as big as some others that you're going to see. But I really feel like I can grow the success in a, like, very um, methodical way. Now you come back to me in a couple of years and ask me if I feel the same way and it might change. <laughs> but right now as it is still being new, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can do um, big time stuff yet. 
That's super exciting. Well, I know you're definitely going to be more than successful just because of your personality. And then just, you know, like you said, you've had to learn that empathy trait and then learning how to guide and counsel others, whether it be from church or down to the people that you're leading. Mm -hmm. So that's super awesome. I'm excited to see, you know, like that next phase of your life and kind of going from there. So for those listening in today and then are curious either, you know, get reaching out to contact with you, whether it's following your journey, maybe learning more about your team, how can they connect with you and what's the best way to find you? You can find me anywhere at, at Realtor McDaniel. You can Google at Realtor McDaniel, M-C-D-A-N-I-E-L on Google. And I am everywhere. You can find me at all, pretty much all of the platforms there. And I am an open book. I actually respond a little aggressively, I'm, I talk to people, try to be within five minutes across the board. And so if you're hearing from me, you're hearing from me and not a chatbot. Johanna, thank you so much for sitting down with us, being open and real, and just being yourself. I appreciate your time spent on the podcast today. Thank you, Holly. I actually really like the uh, platform that you've built, and I hope it continues. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unleash Your Inner Legend. For more inspiration, make sure to subscribe by going to UnleashYourInnerLegend.com. We'll see you guys next week.